When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome back to the South End Zone Podcast here on the Pigskin Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jason. That's Eric. That's Timmy. Boys, it's uh, week 11. We got our midseason review in and uh, realized how trash we all are. Pretty interesting week. Uh, overall, I think we went 2-10 and 10 in our picks. So, let's... Uh, Gross. Yeah. <laughs> we're still trash. <laughs> yeah. Even after the midseason, we're still garbage. So, I mean, by all accounts that everyone I've talked to in the uh, betting universe, the the house cleaned up this weekend. But uh, hopefully we can get back and all go 4-0 this week. Timmy, how you doing, man? Well, I'm hoping I go 4-0 this week because last week I was a solid 0-4, for 4, so there's only one place to go but up. <laughs> Unless you go 0-4 again. Eric. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Eric, how you doing, man? Uh, I'm good. I uh, I narrowly avoided 0-4 myself. So, yeah, we, uh, just like apparently everyone else who tries to pick football games this year, uh, we, we've been struggling lately, and uh, hopefully we, we learned some lessons from these and start getting it, getting it right a little more often. Yeah, you and me both. I also narrowly escaped 0-4 this week for the second time this season. Yikes. But that'll be okay. I got a good feeling about this week. Not really. Actually, I don't feel good about it at all. I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> I'm just throwing shit at the wall and seeing what sticks, man. But guys, I'm going to jump into uh, sort of some recaps and also a hot seat update discussion here. And Eric, I know you know who I'm about to throw out there. Boys, I don't know if anybody saw it, but Beamer Ball just took it to the Florida Gators this weekend. 40-17. to 17. The game was Thumped yeah, them. just destroyed them. The game was not close yeah. at all. It, it wasn't even that close as the score indicates. No, it was a complete and utter beatdown. So, that being said, Eric has been kind of trying to put a bug in my ear all season about Dan Mullen. It's like if he keeps tanking, he's going to get fired. He's going to get fired. I don't know that I buy that. Uh, I think he gets one more season, even if they tank the rest of the year. I think you know it's. I mean, they like him down there, so I don't know, Eric. Like, give me an update here. What, like, what, what do you think is going on in the minds of the athletic director and the boosters and whatever with regard to Dan Mullen's future? 
uh, so first off, let me say, I appreciate you giving me too much credit, but you are giving me too much credit. I've only kind of put that out there for about a month. Um, I think the last three weeks after the LSU game, uh, I read somewhere that at that point he was like two and six in his last, uh, eight games against power five opponents. And I was like, God, that can't, that doesn't sound right. That can't be true. And I went and looked and so, well, okay. They lost the LSU game last year with the, the shoe incident. Uh, and then they lost to Alabama in the SEC championship game. Okay. I mean, can't hold that against them, really. Uh, then they went to the bowl game with like two-thirds of their team because they had all these guys opting out, and they got smoked by Oklahoma. And then looking through, I was like, holy shit, they really they really are. Uh, since then, uh, he's also lost to Georgia and now got curb stomped by South Carolina. Um, and if you look at the, the worst records among Power 5 schools in their last – 10 games against power five opponents. Uh, so they're up at the top. There's the usual suspects, right? There's Arizona, Vanderbilt, and I forget the other. Yeah, the trash teams that don't ever win. Yeah. Uh, Kansas. That's it. Kansas. Um, and they're all one and nine. Then there's a group of teams that are at two and eight, which you would also expect like, you know, Duke, South Carolina, the, those kind of lower tier teams. And then there's Florida. <laughs> and they're like in a six way tie for, for that, with that, that two and eight. And it's just, you know, they, they fired their defensive coordinator and their offensive line coach, uh, yesterday. We're recording this Monday night. Um, which is probably, I mean, their defense was bad last year. And a lot of people were surprised that they, they brought Todd Grantham back. Um, and they haven't defensively, they looked okay in spurts, but I mean, you can't give up 49 points to the ghost of LSU. No, no, you can't. You, you, you cannot. You can't give up, uh, God, what they give up to South Carolina? 40 something? 40 points. It was 30, 10 at half. Yeah. South Carolina. I mean, we're not talking Steve Spurrier's South Carolina. Yeah, they're we're, they're we're in the bottom about, of the barrel in the SEC. I mean, right. You know. We're talking about a team that is solidly bringing up the rear. So, are they still playing that like fifty-three-year-old graduate transfer, whoever the fuck that guy is, no, quarterback? No, no. I think they got hurt. Yeah, and they had a they had their third stringer playing the other night. Yeah, even better. Yeah, those those guys. I mean, I, I want to cut in here. Like these guys have just quit on Mullen and Timmy. I I don't know, like. If I'm looking at it and I'm the athletic director or whatever and I'm looking at this, like I feel like the players have quit on him because they're far and away more talented than you know a team like South Carolina. And then I see the news comes out today that Anthony Richardson injures his knee while dancing in a hotel. And I'm sitting here going, what in the fuck is going on? Like These guys don't even give a shit about what's going on on the field, apparently, because they're all acting like everything's hunky-dory while they're getting their ass kicked by South Carolina. So... If it's me, I think he gets one more season. I mean, Timmy, do you agree with that? I don't. I think if you're going to make a move relatively soon and you're on the fence about whether you're going to keep him around next year or not, now's the time to do it because there's just too many teams that have already pulled the trigger and they're going to be in on the coaching search market here either already or in the offseason. And there's just going to be too many big names that go off the board for them to, you know, dork around, keeping him around for another year. You know, if you don't have confidence he's the guy that's going to get it done there, then you just need to cut bait and move on and get in on some of the big names that are going to be had this offseason. Yeah, cut bait to the tune of $12 million. $12 million bucks is his buyout. If he can get bowl eligible, he can probably at least start the season next year. But they're they're four and five, right? Yes, and they have a a late, you know a, just a trash FCS team this week, so they they should right. win that and get to five and five. If that's their last win of the year, he's in trouble. <laughs> that's not Florida standards, man. No, I, I think they hold themselves higher than that, and 
like I said, you can't just hope that he's going to turn it around next year and magically they're going to be something special. Like I, I think we all know that's not the case. He He's regressing really hard in his fourth season. You know, his first two seasons, he won 11 and 10 games. And then eight and four last year in a crazy, you know, season with, that I don't put a lot of stock in. <laughs> it's like this is supposed to be the year that you are just trucking people, your fourth season of recruiting. You know what? Go ask Ed Orgeron about the what have you done for me lately business, <laughs> all right? <laughs> yeah. It's kind of why I'm bringing this up because, he, like I said, he went 11 games his first season, 10 games his second, eight his third. Now we're looking at a losing record possibly. 12 million bucks? I mean, LSU just came off 17. So I don't think it's out of the question that if he has an ugly game against Florida State the last game of the season that they shit-can him. I don't know. I think he gets one more, but I wouldn't be shocked. But I do want to move on from the old Dan Mullen situation uh, and actually get into some of the recaps. Uh, I got to give Timmy a little bit of credit here, Eric. I've got to give Timmy some credit because he's been (laughs) – said said Purdue's kind of a scrappy football team and, you know, they've been hanging around with a lot of teams they shouldn't. I have to admit, I said they were trash at the beginning of the season. Said they would win like three or four games. And here they are sitting at six and three with victories over a number two ranked team and a number three ranked team. Michigan State went on the road and just got, I, I don't know what's going on here. Aiden O'Connell, 536 yards passing. I mean, what the hell happened to Michigan <laughs> State's defense? Yeah, I mean. The, the basic synopsis from my perspective is Purdue got up early and, you know, basically made Michigan State play from behind the whole game. And in the second half, they just kept kicking field goals and building on that lead. And I don't think Michigan State uh, got Kenneth Walker the ball as much as they wanted to because of that. And then you already talked about Aiden O'Connell in the game that he have. Uh, and I'm sure we'll talk about him more later in studs and duds. So I'll just leave that there. Uh, but the only other thing I wanted to bring up about this game specifically is how poorly Michigan State's defense played, especially tackling people in the open field. Like, how about that fake reverse throwback screen? Like, are you fucking kidding me, Sporty? <laughs> you know, that goes for a first down on, on most defenses in the country, I'll give you that. But to let him cut it back in the middle of the field and take it 40 yards to the house, like, that's inexcusable, man. There was some of the most piss-poor tackling I have seen in a Big Ten football game. We sucked. Yeah, I think like seven guys had a shot at him. I mean, you look at David Bell from Purdue, 11 grabs, 217 and a touchdown. His longest was 53. (laughs) They could not tackle him. And, you know, I kind of disagree with you a little bit there, Timmy, like Kenneth Walker getting the ball. I mean, he he carried the ball 22 times. Well, no, I think their game plan probably involved getting him the ball even more than that. You know, in the passing game, in the running game, it just didn't materialize. Yeah. I mean, if you're playing from behind, even if you're Michigan State, I feel like you still have to just stay committed to the run because that's what works for you. Nobody's been able to tackle Walker, and they weren't in this game. I mean, 6.2 yards of carry for him. <laughs> I just don't know what happened to the defense. It's not like uh, Peyton Thorne had a bad game. I mean, he, you know, his QBR was 91, threw for 276, a couple of scores. Defense just didn't show up. I'm, if I'm, you know, Mel Tucker, I'm looking over at the defensive coordinator and their staff going, what the fuck did you guys do this week? You just take a week off? Y'all took a week off. All right, this wasn't important. All right, so it's not important to anybody else. Well, so, and they also killed themselves almost as big as not tackling. Well, they, they killed themselves with penalties. 
And you look, you say, okay, well, they had six penalties for 70 yards. You know, what the hell are you talking about? That's not terrible. And it's it's when those penalties occurred, game situation-wise, and what they meant. They had an illegal block on third and six, or what would have, you know, turned what would have been third and six at the 15 into second and 25 at the 30. That ended in a missed field goal. They had an illegal motion on a punt that they downed inside the two, had to re-kick, wasn't as good a kick, line drive, got a good return, and that comes out to the 49. So goes down in the books as a five-yard penalty. In reality, it was about a 47-yard penalty. Uh, and then Purdue had a drive that kind of put it away for them. They, Sparty took back-to-back personal fouls uh, on consecutive plays and took the ball from the 48 to the 18. And that was uh, that was on the drive that Purdue scored to, to take their final lead at 28-21. But yeah, but Purdue never trailed. And they, they really kind of were in control of that game, I don't want to say from start to finish, but they from I would say from early mid-third quarter on, it really didn't feel watching it like Michigan State had much of a chance. Well, I, you know, with all that being said, I I saw where, you know, and I, got, I put it in the group chat, and I know you guys saw it, The like ESPN came out with their predictions for playoffs and teams that had a percentage chance, and Michigan State's at like 2%. I don't necessarily agree with that. I mean, they still have a chance to – the old dumb and dumber, you're telling me there's a yeah. chance. <laughs> yeah, 2%. I mean, if they were to win out and beat Ohio State and then go and win the Big Ten with one loss, I think they'd get in, or at least. Yeah, and Jupiter collides with Mars on the third full moon of the year. I mean, come on, man. <laughs> They're done. <laughs> you think they got no, zero chance None. to beat Ohio None. State? Uh, playoffs? Don't talk about playoffs. I, I think they're in the spot where they need help, yeah. The, I mean, even even winning out, you still probably need Oklahoma to lose. You may need Cincinnati to lose now. You'll need Alabama and Georgia, one of them. I mean, you'll probably need Georgia to, to lose twice if you're Michigan State. So, yeah, I don't they, – they need help. Yeah, they need to pick up the phone and call Auburn Jesus. Michigan State Jesus. <laughs> well, yeah, maybe that's a, a closet homerish pick to think they still have a chance. But that being said, I don't think they beat Ohio State. But then again, what I think really doesn't matter. I've thought a lot of things that didn't happen this year. So who knows? I mean, Ohio- And with the way this season's gone, they end up the number one team in the country and win it <laughs> all. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I don't know. I feel like I've. I, it would be just crazy for me to be like, ah, they're done. You know, how many times have we said that this year and it proved to be bullshit? So moving on from Sparty, because you know, I'm tired of talking about them. I know one of you guys picked them. I can't remember which one, but yeah, we'll, we'll get to that in the picks. Um, but moving on from them, I, I'm going to go a little bit off script here, Eric. And I, I want to talk about Alabama and LSU because guys, I watched every play of the game. And as an Alabama fan, that is probably one of the ugliest wins that I've watched in a long time for them. And I saw at one point, they were talking about it on the broadcast, that they read Ed Ed Orgeron's lips on the sideline when he was talking. And he's like, they didn't come to play. That's exactly what it looked like to me. They were sleepwalking in the first half. And Hunter, you know, he I was texting him throughout the game. And he said, nah, Bama will blow it open in the second half. And it kind of looked like that was going to happen. But LSU started crawling back in. And, I mean, they had a chance to win the game, you know, several points. And just couldn't get it done because – Obviously, Alabama's quite a bit more talented, but I don't know what that's going to do to them playoff ranking-wise, but if it's me, I'm kind of like bumping them down a bit. You know, fortunately for them, Michigan State lost, but I would put Ohio State above them at this point if it's me. They both got a loss, but Ohio State hasn't looked like that against a team as bad as LSU, in my opinion. 
Um, you know, I, I didn't watch any of this game particularly, but, you know, I kind of attribute it to one of those rivalry games where you, you pretty much throw the records out the window. That's just, you know, I hate you and you hate me kind of football. And, you know, we see a lot of that in college football where rivalry games, you know, don't go the way that, you know, the odds makers think they might just because of that familiarity. But, you know, that's that's my perspective on it. Well, and you make a great point there, and I haven't really thought about it that way because last year was a bit of an outlier. I mean, Alabama drilled them last year like 55-17, to 17, but that's one of the greatest offenses that's ever stepped on a field, you know, up there with like 2019 LSU. So, you know, maybe this was back to normal somewhat, I guess. And, you know, it's a close game regardless of records and this, that, and the other, but I, I, I keep going back to it. I, I don't think Alabama's very good on offense. I just don't. Like, I feel like Bryce Young is good, but – the people he's got around him I don't think are quite as talented as what they've had the last several seasons and I don't know if you disagree with that or not Eric I don't know that I agree or disagree I would I so full disclosure I've watched two plays of Alabama football this year I watched the final play from scrimmage the A&M ran and then their field goal Uh, I just I flipped over that game because it was coming down to the wire but I do know that Alabama has two receivers that are in the top 10 in the country in yards after catch it it seems like maybe they're relying on that a little too much like they're they're dependent on what uh, Mechie and uh, the other kid can do you know once the ball's in their hand in space rushing wise they uh they didn't didn't blow a whole lot of wind up anyone's skirt the other night running the ball oh uh, yeah um, i can tell you right now what it was and i don't know this for a fact because i haven't dug that deep on it but i would it's got to be before you say it it's got to be i would be willing to bet this is the lowest rushing total of saban's tenure they yeah they rushed 26 times for a total of six yards we couldn't do diddly poo offensively i you know, I, I don't know. 13 carries for 18 yards for Brian Robinson. Everybody else is just one or two carries. And Bryce Young, nine carries for minus 22 yards. I mean, it was absolutely ugly. We sucked. Honestly, they're probably fortunate. I think I think uh, Coach O maybe went Coach YOLO uh, a little <laughs> bit too much in the fourth quarter. Yeah, and, and I've said before, you know, I don't think coaches go for it on fourth down as often as they should. But he went a little a little overboard and maybe maybe cost them a chance to, to win or even get it into overtime. He wanted to stick it to them boys in them sissy crimson shirts. Yeah, well, I got to hand it to him on the first drive going with the old fake punt jump pass maneuver for a first oh, down. Oh, God, that was superb, <laughs> that was wasn't it? was a great play call, man. And, like, Alabama was in punt safe, and they still didn't stop it. it. I don't know. It was a great play call, great execution. and It was actually a really exciting game to watch if you didn't have a skin in the game. You know, for me, I was, you know, kind of d- disgruntled the whole game. Like, oh, what are we doing? LSU stinks, blah, blah, blah. But for somebody on the outside, it's probably a really exciting game. Like, man, this is close, you know? So No, but Eric brings up a good point about this game and Orgeron being all dicks out for Harambe. I mean, he doesn't give a shit. He's gone at the end of this year. Fuck it. He wants to stick it to Saban. I don't give a fuck. What are you going to do, fire me twice? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, he's $17 million richer. I mean, yeah, I'm with you. Why not? Yeah, I mean, if if he kicks a field goal with 6.46 left instead of going for it on fourth and goal at the seven, then they're within three. Uh, If they punt instead of going for it on fourth and nine at Alabama's 41 with two and a half minutes left and two timeouts, you know, they got the ball back at the end of the game. They ran their last play from Alabama's 30. I mean, you know, you... 
he might have had a better chance kicking a field goal and punting. Yeah, but he's in that same kind of mode that Kiffin's in, man. Just fucking go big or go home. I kind of like that. You play to win. Well, I mean, it makes the game more interesting, but I'm not convinced it was it was his best chance at winning. You play to win the game. Thank you, Herm. Sometimes, sometimes you know, discretion is the better part of valor. But uh, I, I guess if I had to choose, I'd rather have him, you know, be too aggressive as opposed to too conservative. Well, the other undefeated team that uh, choked it off this week, Wake Forest. <laughs> we hold on. I'm lighting my cigar. Yeah, they've been holding on to for two months. Weak Forest, we gave them all that clout, Eric, and then uh, UNC, you know, just I don't even know what to say about it, to be honest. Uh, I thought Wake would take care of business there, but they most certainly did not. I honestly didn't watch the game. I was working. I couldn't see that one. I'll tell you about this game. None None of it matters except for about 10 minutes left in the fourth quarter on. Wake Forest is up 14 points. And that final 10 minutes of that game is seared into my eyeballs because they just completely choked it off. Turnovers, undisciplined penalties. It was just a meltdown. I loved it. (laughs) And Ty Chandler just absolutely destroyed Wake Forest defense up and down the field. Uh, We'll talk more about him later, but... I think the writing's been on the wall for Wake for a couple of weeks after they gave up 56 to Army. You know, North Carolina lights the scoreboard up, and their defense hasn't been stellar, and I think this one was a long one coming. No, it, it was. And we all knew, like, none of us thought Wake was going to actually run the table, right? We all knew this day was coming. It was just a matter more of when sure. than if. Yeah. But but still, man, it, you know, getting outscored 24-7 in the fourth quarter, uh, you know, and, and they were the underdog in the right way. Uh, UNC was favored, but yeah, you didn't watch this game. I'll tell you what you didn't miss, and that is a shred of defense. Yeah, none. Fifty-eight to fifty-five final score. I don't. I don't know what the total was. It was probably in the high sixties, low seventies, but uh, easy, easy cover there if you're taking the over. Yeah, I want to say it was something like seventy-eight, but yeah. Pfft blew by it you know 66 first downs 1100 1150 total yards i mean it was jesus christ it's fun to watch but it was uh yeah it, the, the second half of the fourth quarter got kind of really sloppy and one-sided but it, overall good viewing experience yeah well uh we gave sam hartman or at least i did a little bit of dark horse heisman love and i'm gonna tell you what he didn't hurt himself at all even in the loss 398 five touchdowns <laughs> he did everything I don't know. he did everything he could do he kind of pissed it away there at the end he also ran for 78 yards and another two scores but he did have he did have two picks one of them was ended up being you know obviously very costly uh in the fourth quarter that led to the go-ahead score for north carolina but yeah i mean on balance yeah, whenever the the camera pans to you on the sideline after the other team scores, it's not a good look. And we let him off the hook. Well, Wake's playoffs playoff hopes are done. They're back to being weak for us, and we can fade them the rest of the year. The last recap I want to talk about: I watched most of this game, but did not go how I thought it would go. If I'm being uh, quite honest, there was. Are we talking about uh, Illinois, Minnesota? <sighs> No, we're not talking about that one. We'll get to that one. Oh, sorry. Sorry. (laughs) My new favorite punter. Yeah. We'll get to that one in the pigs, dick. Now, uh, I watched Auburn and Texas A&M. Auburn was on the road. I took Auburn in the upset. You know, there's not a ton to talk about here. There was pretty much zero offense. It was three to three at halftime. There was no touchdowns scored until the fourth quarter. You know, Bo Nix fumbled and they got a scoop and score. 
and that was with 13 minutes left in the fourth. You know, and they ran a two-point conversion and got it. So there's zero offensive touchdowns scored the entire game. So kind of a just throwback defensive battle, but this was a road version of Bo Nix. So I'd like to point this out to you guys. As an Alabama fan, I've bet on Auburn to cover a spread or upset a team outright three times this season. They got three losses on the year, boys. Penn State picked them to upset them. They lost. Georgia picked them to cover 24 points. They did not. And then picked them to upset A&M. They did not. So I'm 0-3 on picking Auburn. I can't be called a homer, but I'm done with them. I'm done. They've screwed me three times. I'm finished. I hope they lose the rest of the year. Well, all your friends in Tuscaloosa are going to tell you to keep betting on them. Yeah. In fairness to yourself, I think that minus 24 was a push, wasn't it? Uh, Maybe. Yeah, maybe so. Could have been. I know it was a it was an L for me, nonetheless. Yeah, I mean L's, L's and L as we you know established. Yeah, as that but, snarky um, dick listener, you know, <laughs> screw you, sir. But keep listening to the show. Yeah, and keep sending your questions in, please. All right. Well, I think that's going to wrap us up on all of our uh, recaps, and uh, we're going to take a quick break here. But coming up on the other side, we're going to review our garbage picks from last week, and uh, hopefully make a little bit. Uh, of improvement and make some better bets this week, boys. So we'll be back after the break. do worse. Yeah. Yeah. We'll be back in just a second. Okay, football fans, if you guys want to score some free bets, now you can when you bet on any NFL game this week with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers who bet just $1 on either team to score and win $100 in free bets. When a team scores, you score. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, don't worry, DraftKings, they ain't going to leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contest. DraftKings has given all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code TPPN. Bet just $1 on either team to score and win $100 in free bets. If they score, you score. With promo code TPPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, Pennsylvania only. New customers only, minimum $5 deposit, $1 wager required, one per customer, restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. And welcome back to the South End Zone Podcast here on the Pigskin Podcast Network. Timmy, Eric, it was a rough week. I'm still uh, licking my wounds. I'm in pain. And we're going to go over these picks. We're going to go over these picks (laughs) as ugly as they are. A lot of red on the board this week. So, uh, Timmy, I'm going to start with you, Mr. O and 4. Sweet. We're going to kick this one off. Ohio State minus 15. I, I loved that pick, too. I, I would have rode that with you, but Scott Frost, man, not only did he, you know, cover a spread there, but Mr. Athletic Director backed him up and said, Mr. Frost will be back for another season. That guy's a fucking idiot. <laughs> I mean, what? Like, ex- I, I don't get it. Eric, explain this to us, because... It doesn't really make logical sense. I mean, it's like moral victory after moral victory for keeping it close but still getting your shit pushed in. Like, explain that. Well, you should know that. Uh, yeah, it, you you, you kind of 
<laughs> just said it. I mean, they you know they played Michigan to three points. They played Michigan State to three points in overtime uh, until Ohio State kicked a field goal. I think around the one minute mark. That was a one score game. Uh, went on the road and lost by one score to Oklahoma. They they've had they're kind of in that weird in between where you're like, God, these guys are trash. I think they're like three and six, three and three and five, three and six now. Um, three and seven. Three three and seven. Oh, that's right. They haven't had their off. Um, yeah, you're kind of in this weird in between where you're like, God, these guys are awful. Their record sucks, but then you also look you're like they're like a handful of plays away from being an eight win team right now and they're playing what we think are really good teams close so as far as the restructured contract i think it's a harbaugh deal where it's going to make them easier or make it easier for them uh to to fire him next year if things don't go well and if he does get it turned around like he appears to think he can then he'll get effectively he'll get a raise via incentives but uh, now they did let go um, this afternoon a bunch of coaches on the offensive side. They, they did fire the, the OC, the running back coach, and I believe the O-line coach. So what that means for the rest of the season, you know, no telling. But uh, They need to fire their whole know. offense. <laughs> their offense. Stinks. Well, and they effectively did because I, I think the OC would also doubled as the receivers coach. So they effectively swapped out that whole side of the ball. Uh, special teams has swung a couple of games for them. And, you know, if they're a little more uh, disciplined and better executing on special teams, they might be going to a bowl game this year instead of missing one for the fifth straight season. BFD. I'm on the other side of the fence, man. Since he's been in Nebraska, he's gone 4-8, and 5-7, and 3-5, and five, and he's 3-7 and seven so far this year. I mean, what about any of that makes you think he's on the cusp of turning it around Nothing. There? I see nothing. I don't either. I'm just telling you what I think they see. And I will go back to my previous statement that he's a fucking idiot. (laughs) Yeah, I think that it boils down to one thing. They didn't want to pay the buyout this year. I feel they like they probably have the same mindset that most of us do, that winning championships at Nebraska, probably not possible. Yeah, those days are gone, the, I think. Yeah, it's over. So are we going to pay this guy huge amounts of money just to walk away? No. But get back in there and coach some more, but we're going to restructure you. But moving on, Timmy, <laughs> Miami minus 10. They did not win by 10. They did not cover. Um, Clemson, Louisville. Under 46, Clemson's offense actually decided to show up for a game. Yeah, the one time this year. (laughs) The one time that you're on the under. Yes, they happen to show up. And then Florida State over NC State. Man, yeah, FSU, they did not get back to their winning ways of their their three-game win streak. NC State, I've got to the point where I feel like we're all being punished on NC State because we've all gone against them, I think, at one point or another this year, and they've screwed us all every year. Or every game. So, well, except for that time you picked them to upset Clemson and they pulled through for you. Yeah, but that's not because NC State's any good. Yes, this is true. Yeah, I I took under six on them and they're they're pissing on my face. They're punishing us for some odd reason. But Timmy, you went zero and four on the week, so better luck next week. I wear it with a badge of honor. Yeah, you're in that zero and four club, baby. Welcome. I'll send you a uh, welcome Baltimore Ravens jersey. Well, this has nothing to do with that bet. We'll get to that in a minute. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll cover that in just a minute, maybe. Uh, Eric, I'm going to kick over to you. Baylor minus seven. You put a little bit too much faith and hype in Baylor and their playoff hopes and blah, blah, fucking blah, and they choked it off. They are who we thought they were. I, I was really banking on TCU having just fired their coach, maybe being in a little bit of a mess and coming against a one-loss team, and it, it really, the whole second half of that game i really never felt like i had a chance yeah and you know it it's funny that you bring that up because i don't i don't know that i brought it up in the group chat i might have but i was talking to my brother about this i said man 
Because he, he liked Baylor, too. He was like, I like Baylor there. I think they cover that. And I was like, man, I wouldn't bet that game because you can never depend on a team that just fired their coach unless it's like just a you know a garbage team like Georgia State or somebody but you can't depend on a team like TCU who just fired a 21 year tenured coach to not just like do something crazy and end up screwing you out of a bet like we've seen it earlier in the year where USC is an underdog and they come out and win by 30 it's kind of crazy and they may run different shit and the players may rally around the new guy and whatever you know you just don't yeah no all that's true all that's true and it did it did cross my mind but i was also like when tcu you know the guy got fired for in the middle of the season for a reason like they've lost three straight and they've all been ugly so hung my hat on that and uh it fell yeah well baylor's got another chance to uh make some noise this week and uh they got oh they got ou coming to town but we'll we'll get to that in the picks i'm sure michigan state minus two and a half we've already talked that one into the ground they choked they just look like shit and their defense stayed on the bus i guess and then your your lone uh, green spot for the week where you actually won a little money was Coastal minus 19 and a half. You had to you had to sweat that one out. They didn't help anybody out with announcing an hour before the game. Oh, by the way, our quarterback is not going to play. Yes. Yes, our quarterback who is on pace to break the NCAA record for passing efficiency in a season. Uh isn't going to play. You kidding me? Yeah, plus the uh, weather was nasty. And then the weather? Yeah, it was just Yeah, so we recorded that on we recorded that on Tuesday night and on Wednesday afternoon I was looking at the weather for this weekend cuz Statesboro is about 2 hours from where I live and I found out like the whole eastern half of Georgia is just going to be pouring all day and all night Friday and I'm like, "Oh, so that yeah, oddly, the one I felt the least good about going into Saturday was the one that won. Go figure. Yeah, I played them in a parlay at like 17 and a half and they covered, but my parlay went to shit because Fresno State got destroyed. But um, And then lastly, you took Wake Forest over North Carolina because they were like a two and a half or three point dog. And North Carolina took them to the woodshed in the fourth quarter with 24 unanswered points. And that was all she wrote. So on the week, you took one point just like me, and we'll move over to me. And in case you're uh, happening to listen to the show, Mr. Snarky, underhanded comment listener, (laughs) with your listener question a week ago, just like I said, a good process would be betting on a service academy under, because I took Army and Air Force under 36 and a half, and it hit, just like it always fucking does, because that's a good process. You keep talking shit, this guy's going to send you a letter full of anthrax here in a minute. So who was right? Yeah, that one hit just like it always does. That's easy money 90% of the time. So moving forward, the Golden Gophers of Minnesota. Timmy, I know you got some words for me. 14 and a half. Not only did they not cover, they lost to Bielma. I don't know what to say. Like, I... I said it last week that it would not shock me if they came out and choked it off. But bottom line, I expected them to win. So what the fuck, dude? What's Fleck doing? I don't know. All I know is is I just posted it in the group chat. You are the living embodiment of the gif of Kermit the Frog chewing his fingernails <laughs> off right now looking at Minnesota. Yeah. <laughs> they got to win two of their next three games to win this bet. And I know you're shaking in your shoes. <laughs> Uh, it doesn't look too good. I got to be honest. They're on the road at Iowa this week. I was going to say, two of them are Iowa and Wisconsin, right? 
Yeah, I said last week, I said they had to win the game against Illinois, and then I can't remember who the other team was, but they had to have those two games to go. Yeah, Indiana. They had to have those two games to go over because I didn't see them winning the other two. So we'll see. Who would have thought going into this year that there would be this much controversy on the South End Zone podcast over the Minnesota Golden Gophers? Hey, that's why we're here, to bring you that content. I don't get it, man. But – they did not cover my preseason uh, best coaching hire of the offseason. Stuck it to me. Moving forward from there, Houston, minus 13. Uh, they decided to win by 12 instead of 13 over a garbage South Florida team. So, yeah, that one was uh, that one stung a little bit. I got to be honest. I was sitting here going, man, surely they'll cover this. They'll, they'll cover. I mean, I got no explanation there. And then, like I said, I took Auburn over A&M. Auburn could not score, couldn't move the ball. We just got our ass totally kicked. So on the week, we went 2-10 and ten as a group. Um, I took a point. Eric took a point. Timmy, you took a big goose egg. So on the season. And Timmy, you tied with Hunter for the week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, great. Yeah, you, you, you tied with Hunter for the week. So, But you're not out of it yet. You hit a couple of upsets. You'd be right back in the mix. Eric's got 24 points. I've got 20. You're still at 17. So, I want to move forward to this week, week 11. It's not a great slate of games, but there are a couple of good, interesting matchups that we can talk about. Uh, So, I'm going to kick it over to our uh, first place, you know, the master of the universe, as he likes to call it, uh, Eric. Give me pick number one of week 11. All right. Uh, Given that the the whole slate is uh, somewhat unappealing, as you described, I'm going to break out a new strategy that I've been thinking about for a couple of weeks. Uh, just because I watch more of these games than probably most people. But uh, my first pick, Uh-oh. UL Lafayette is a six and a half point favorite at Troy. I'm going to take them to cover that six and a half points. They're on the road at Troy? Yeah, Raging Cajuns by seven or more. Probably not a bad pick there. Troy's not very good. I think the total is, what, 47 and a half? Seven and a half. Yeah, yep. I kind of like uh, the under there. Just just me. But All right, so Louisiana, the Raging Cajuns on the road at Troy. Eric's got a minus six and a half. All right, got it locked in. Timmy, pick number one. What you got? Uh, my first pick's going to be the North Carolina Pitt game. Uh, over-unders at 74 and a half. I'm going to take the over. Both teams uh, are fully capable of hanging 50 burgers on each other, and I think that's going to be the style of play in this game. So give me the over. Holy shit. What's the total? 74 and a half. That is a bold pick, if I do say so myself. That that I think that's probably the second highest total on the pod this year. I think I took an Ole Miss over 76 and a half. Yeah, I took a 76 even on Ole Miss as well. Yeah, and just FYI, neither one of those hit, I don't think. so. <laughs> well, I would like to point out so far this year, North Carolina has hung two 59s, a 58, and a 45 so far. So there's a couple other 38s sprinkled in there, but I think they can get it done. Good Lord. Man, nobody yeah. in the They've ACC. also had a couple games where they didn't play announce a defense, too. Hey, bring it. <laughs> yeah, that's what he's hoping for. So, all right. Well, then I'm going to move it over to me for my first pick here. And, Timmy, I'm going to take a page out of your book. Um, You know, I'm going to take an ACC pick here. And this is purely, I talked about this uh, throughout the week, and I'm just going to do it to see if I'm cursed. Because Syracuse is 8-1 and against the spread this year, and they are on the road this week, and they are a a three-and-a-half point dog to Louisville. Louisville's not very good. They're 4-5. and Syracuse is 5-4. and They're 8-1 and against the spread. 
So give me the cues. It's a straight money ball pick. I don't care who the quarterback is, none of that. I'm going to take a straight numbers play here and just hope that Syracuse gets it done on the road. Any thoughts? That's a good pick. Syracuse has uh, been a little scrappy this year. You know, they've uh, they've kept it in some ball games. Played Wake Forest real close. Played Clemson real close. Good good football team, uh, considering the level of play in the ACC. Hopefully, I'm not cursed and I can uh, get in the one point column there with uh, Syracuse at plus three and a half. So moving it back over to Eric, round number two. Uh, so for my second pick, I thought about taking Coastal Carolina. Uh, they're at home against Georgia State. They are a nine-and-a-half-point favorite. Uh, but in the end, I decided to take over 52 in that game uh, because I did watch their game against Georgia Southern, and one of two things is going to happen. Either Grayson McCall is going to come back, uh, and then they'll be the 46-point-a-game Coastal Carolina we're used to, or the backup will play. Uh, he did well enough considering the weather, uh, short-notice start. They put up 28 points, so I'm going to take over 52 on Georgia State at Coastal. All right, over 52 on a Coastal. I like that for a team that's averaging about 45 a game. (laughs) So pretty solid pick there. Man, God, you ride Coastal every week. Yeah, the tread's wearing thin on them tires. No kidding. That's like I haven't picked Liberty in weeks. Like you guys give me so much shit about picking Liberty so much. Eric's rode Coastal. I'm about to count these up here. Like how many times has he been on Coastal in the last few weeks here? Let's see. I think this is five for this season. I'd have to look. The fifth time in the last six weeks he's been on a Coastal Carolina line. So What do you care? I'm I'm, I'm three and one. Keep coming at me. <laughs> yeah. Can't hate on you. What can I say? Got to stick with what works, man. Keep going back to the well. All right, Timmy, round two. Um, so the second game I'm going to take is uh, Iowa and the Golden Gophers. Oh, no. You know which direction I'm going in Don't here. Don't tell me you're going to bet against Fleck. Oh, yeah. Flex boats taking on water, and I'm going to lay five and a half points with Iowa. I don't think Minnesota gets it close enough to cover here. So give me the Hawkeyes, man. What's your thoughts on the under in that game? It's like 36 and a half. <laughs> yeah, I was just about I to ask that. That that one probably has a decent chance of hitting, but I'm going to go a little bit bolder and just rub it in a little bit. Well, I hope you're wrong. <laughs> Not for just purposes of this uh, of Minnesota winning and me winning a bet, but uh, I don't know. Six and a half. No chance Minnesota covers that. Oh, five and a half. Don't don't screw me on that point. Oh, it's five and a half. God, God knows I need it. Five and a half? Man, I feel like it should be bigger. Am I crazy there? It should, shouldn't I would be more of a favorite? That's why I'm all over this, man. Well, I don't know. I mean, apparently Vegas has seen Iowa play offense lately. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, maybe so. That's a good point. Well, I wonder if they saw Minnesota play offense against fucking Belima last week because Flex Boat took cannon fodder to the side of it. It was it's uh it's doing more than taking on water. It's fucking sinking. <laughs> it's they they lost an oar too. Yeah, it it doesn't look good for the Flex boys. At least it doesn't look good for my bet. They're still six and three. So you know, it, oddly enough, they have a chance if they were to somehow beat Iowa to still be in control of the West. It's pretty crazy. All right. For my second pick, I'm gonna I'm just gonna ride what you boys are saying. You're saying Georgia's the best team like ever, basically. And they're a twenty and a half point favorite over Tennessee on the road. Tennessee, they had a uh a really, really high scoring, fun game to watch against Kentucky this weekend. 
It's uh, 45 to 42 was the final, but I don't think they're going to score 45 points against uh, Georgia. So give me the dogs on the road who have an average margin of victory of like 35 points on the road this year, undefeated against the spread. So give me Georgia minus 20 and a half. I do think there's a chance that uh, Hendon Hooker takes over the mantle of best game by a quarterback against Georgia this season, just because that bar is so low. Yeah, and he's actually he's actually played really well this year. His his level of play has risen under new coaching tutelage. Um, so yeah, I think I think their system suits him a lot better than Virginia Tech's did. What yeah. as far as emphasizing what he does well, which is mobility and and downfield passing. He's he's not as a Accurate, you know, short, short and intermediate routes. So he's played well this year. Yeah, well, he's not going to play well this week against Georgia's defense. So no, most likely not. So give me Georgia minus twenty and a half. I'm going to kick it back over to Eric. Round three. Round three. Uh, Appalachian State is at home against South Alabama. They are a twenty-two and a half point favorite. That is a, just a touch high for me so instead i'm going to shift to the over 54 and a half for south alabama at appalachian state (laughs) just taking all the trash teams in the trash games i love it Mm. no man i'm just just going all sunbelt all right so you're on the over in appy state and south alabama because so many people are going to watch that game all right timmy round three uh, round three, I'd like to preface this with I'm still a fan, but I'm also a realist. And the party's over in Blacksburg. They're hanging tombstones for Fuente. Uh, Virginia Tech's laying 11 and a half points, and I'm going to take those points with Duke. Um, oh. If Virginia Tech d- does win this game, it'll be by, you know, one or two points, last second field goal, some horse shit like that. But there's no way that they score more than 11 and a half points over Duke. You know, Braxton Burmeister's injury situation is still ambiguous. He might not play. And based off the level of quarterback play I saw last week against Boston College, there's no way. Oh, man. Uh, Listeners, this is the definition of the surrender cobra. (laughs) This man's got his hands on his head, just shaking his head going, what the fuck is going on when I'm betting – on Duke, one of the worst teams in the nation, to cover 11 points against my own team. Oh, man, I got to hand it to you, man. Like, you you need a Tylenol or an aspirin or something? Like, you got to be in just pain over there if you're betting on Duke. No, I've, I've accepted it, and I'm willing to let the barn burn if it means we get some new wood and build it back right next year. Um, so... Keep on losing. Fuck it. You play to win the game. Oh, man. Unbelievable. Betting against his own team on Duke to cover. I ain't never heard of no shit like that. Tell me I'm wrong. I think you're wrong. Duke is god-awful. If Virginia Tech can't beat them by more than 11, then Fuente should be fired on the spot. I don't know. You haven't watched very many hokey games in the last month. Yeah, but they haven't played anybody as bad as Duke, have they? Uh, did you watch that Boston College game last week? <laughs> Boston College, a little bit better than Duke. I got to hand it to you. That's that's bold. But I was really torn on my last pick. 
I got it down to two plays here, and I think I'm going to end up going with the second one reluctantly because the first one is just too, like, I can't, I just can't pull the trigger. Timmy, I was going to take a page out of your book and take Pittsburgh minus six and a half at home against North Carolina. The total is 74 and a half. It's going to be a really high scoring game, a lot of you know, not much defense there. Kenny Pickett, he'll throw it for God knows how many yards, but I just can't bank on Pittsburgh, man. I I can't. I feel like this is the game where they tank. Am I crazy to think that? Uh, You're not crazy. Like I said, when I took the over, I think this one's just going to be a back and forth shootout between quarterbacks and who knows who's going to win the game. Yeah, it's, I, I, I just don't have enough faith in Pittsburgh to take it. I just don't. And I'm not touching Michigan and Penn State. I'm not. I, I refuse. Like, Harbaugh will screw me no matter what I pick. It's Penn State minus one and a half right now, for those of you wondering. Who does James Franklin think he's playing this week, by the way? Anybody heard? I don't care who you play. He's got a big matchup with the Rutgers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and he's not going to the big house. This game's at home, James. So, just so you know. Not touching that. Harbaugh, he'll end up screwing me. So, I'm going to lose it again. I feel like I'm going to lose this game. But, however, Baylor is undefeated against the spread at home this year as an underdog. They're like 4-0. So, they got Oklahoma coming to town. Oklahoma's a five-and-a-half point favorite right now. Give me Baylor to cover those points. I'm going to take the five-and-a-half and say Oklahoma probably wins by like a field goal. Am I crazy? Well, you should know that. No, that would be their M.O. is to, to win a game by three or four points that they have no business winning. That's that's kind of been their thing basically all season. Yeah, and I wouldn't be shocked if Baylor won the game. I mean, even after they, you know, tanked. No, I wouldn't either. Even after they tanked against TCU a week ago. I mean, they're back home. I feel like uh, it's a prime upset spot for Oklahoma. You know, they're going to get a little bit more recognition in the playoff rankings this week when they come out tomorrow. So so give me Baylor. I'm going to take the five and a half and go with it. Yeah, there's even a chance Baylor lost last week because they were looking past that game at Oklahoma, Big time. Uh, keying up yes, for that. and that so. is another factor. I'm thinking maybe they were looking ahead a little bit. I don't know. We'll see. You got to believe that if you're playing TCU, the coaches are going, all right, we're going to work on some Oklahoma shit on Thursday and Friday. Rather than take them in the upset, I'm just going to take the points with Baylor. So five and a half. All right. With that, we're going to get to the upsets. Who is losing this week, Eric? Who's losing a game they shouldn't? So I'm gonna take uh, I'm gonna take Virginia to knock off Notre Dame. They're a five point dog at home, and uh, I don't think I don't think Notre Dame's defense is up to the task this week. Yeah, I don't I don't necessarily hate that pick. Notre Dame. I mean, they're eight and one, but yeah, going on the road, UVA can score. The total's like sixty four and a half. I would probably take the under if I had to if I had to bet on it but you know I, I don't dislike that pick you know UVA has uh I think you've rode them a couple of times this year if I'm not mistaken am I wrong there didn't you ride them against somebody like Miami or someone yeah I hit against Miami and I think I had them for another one missed I think I took them to cover against someone and missed yeah I'd like this matchup for them specifically Timmy you want to fade them no I like that pick that was actually my backup up upset pick honestly um i think uva can light up the scoreboard and we've seen plenty of times this year that notre dame can't handle high-powered offenses so we'll see yeah you heard it here first fans timmy likes virginia to win and likes virginia tag to lose (laughs) hey man like i said i'm a realist (laughs) 
Oh, man. I got to mark this down for the historical books because I doubt that'll ever happen again on this podcast. This conversation's going nowhere. All right. So with Timmy, I'm going to kick it over to you. Who's losing? Uh, so I'm going to take NC State over Wake Forest. I think the party's over in Winston-Salem. I think NC State's going to win handily, and the Demon Deacons are going to continue to slide on down the slope. Oh, man. Go from 8-0. Eric may be right. 8-4 and four may not be out of the realm of possibility for them at this point if they... I don't think so. You're probably uh, you're probably on a good pick there. But then again, you went 0-4 last week, so what the fuck do you know? This is true. <laughs> so, so, for my upset pick, I was really torn on this one. This is tough, man, but... I'm going to do it. I'm going to go against the grain here because, honestly, I don't like this pick, but I'm going to do it anyway. After what I saw at LSU last week on the road at Bama, they uh, they showed me a little something. Arky is on the road at LSU in Death Valley. They are a two-and-a-half-point favorite. So I'm going to take LSU to cover here and beat them outright at home under the lights in Death Valley. I think you're I think you're going to wake up Sunday morning regretting going home with Coach O. Yeah, it's quite possible. For the lack of better options, I'm going to take LSU at home in Death Valley. They don't lose there very often. All right, well, I think that's going to wrap us up on the picks this week. Uh that's a good-looking bunch of picks. I think we're going to do a lot better than we did last week where we only had two greens and ten reds. So let's hope for better results here. But with that, I want to kick this over to Eric because it's been a while, man. It's been a while since we've discussed Friends of the Pod, the Campbell University fighting camels. What's going on with the camels? Mike, 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 Mike. What day is it, Mike? <laughs> uh, they lost 51-14 to 14 to a very, very good James Madison squad. Oh, shit. They played James Madison? Fuck. They're like... Yeah, no- the old buzzsaw. <laughs> oh, no. They're like number two in the country, aren't they? I want to say they were number like three or four coming into the game. They're, they're eight and one. Um, any listeners who don't pay any attention whatsoever to, to FCS football other than you've heard of North Dakota State. Um, if North Dakota State is like the FCS version of Alabama, which they are, uh, James Madison absolutely is in that, you know, kind of Clemson, Ohio State, Oklahoma type tier. They're year in, year out, um, excellent program. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. They're number two in the country, eight and one. The only team that's ranked above them is eight and oh, Sam Houston. Yeah, and I think they maybe moved up one because North Dakota State lost. Hey, yay, three and six, man. They got to start, they got to get some shit together down there. Something crazy going on there. Yeah, very streaky. Back, yeah, they're going to be back on a 10-game losing streak if they ain't careful. So, Isn't that three in a row they've lost now? It is. That lost three, won three, lost three. Now, these, these recent three losses, one was to Kennesaw, who I believe is a top-10 team, and then obviously the other James Madison. They're probably significant underdogs, but they'll uh, they'll, get, they'll get it right. Damn, yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. Look at that. Kennesaw State's five, James Madison's two. Damn, man, they've been running through a just gauntlet. Oh, Jesus. All right, well, hopefully they'll get it right. Hopefully the camels can get their shit together but boys that's gonna wrap the show up this week you guys can find us on uh, all available podcast platforms we are part of the pigskin podcast network they've got several podcasts on all different kinds of sports that you guys can go check out go give us a listen leave us a review five stars only please we'll be back with you next week for week 12 boys week one two so we will see you then thanks for listening thank you very much have a great day